What's good? What's good, everybody? It's your boy B L A Double K A, and as always, I'm sitting here in hot Lynchburg City. Uh, man, I swear the humidity today got shit. Actually, I'm doing my podcast, guys, uh, from outside today. Uh, I try to mix it up here and there. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times I'm inside. You know, it's uh, most of the times down in my basement. And I do my podcast like that. But aside from that, man, hey, how was you guys this weekend, man? Did everybody enjoy their weekend? You know what I mean? I know I enjoyed mine. Did I do anything? No, I didn't really do anything. But last weekend, I did. I uh, I got a chance to see some family. Uh, for those out, for those who didn't know, I had some family come for the 4th of July because my granddaughter's birthday is the 4th of July. Prior to that, I never really... Uh, actually really really too much as a grown-up celebrate the fourth but since there's been you know born the past two years and shit now like so we really had something to look for when the fourth of july comes so i had the fireworks and the food and all that really good shit that i had family to come you know music a lot to drink a lot to smoke and a lot to eat you know what i mean and so i had you know quite a few family to come through and shit like that and uh but as far as like last weekend, this well, I'm sorry, this past weekend that we just left, uh, I really didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? I was just more so, you know, watching vehicles and uh, so actually my son set up my desk because for those who don't know and for those who do know, I am going just to reiterate, uh, my show is going to be going live in a couple weeks. So, uh, my son has been, I've transformed one of the, uh, rooms down in my basement to, uh, do podcasts and basically I can, I'll be able to, when, when the smoke clears, I should be able to do podcasts. I should be able to work out. I should be able to watch TV. I should be able to, uh, make music. My son, he makes music and shit like that. So I should be able to, those type of things should be happening. And I don't really want to call it a man cave, but it's some similar to that. You know what I mean? So yeah, shout out to my sons for, uh, building my desk and putting my, uh, interface and all of those things together today. I'll be having, I'll, I'll get my, uh, what do they call it? Laptop computer. I should have that uh, in a couple of days or so. But enough about me, man. So I'm just going to go ahead on and dive into the topics today, man. So check it out. Everybody is aware of the uh, whole Glee Star situation. The uh, Glee Star situation where, you know, she went boating with her four-year-old son. And, you know, he went to sleep and he woke up and mommy wasn't there. And so, like, before I even before I even give you guys my perspective or what I think, I'll go ahead on and give you guys what the media is saying. So, basically, what they're saying is that a body has been found in search at uh, California Lake where Glee star Naya Riviera went missing. Okay, so divers uh, just recovered the body around 9.30 a.m. according to the Ventura County Sheriff's Department. Um, authorities resumed searching the lake in early morning hours and previous days search called off to do called off due to poor lighting conditions and so uh, no officials identified I'm sorry identity was given the Ventura uh, County Medical Examiner's officer will release the name after the next of kin has been notified 
A press conference is also scheduled for 2 p.m. Now, before I go even further, as, as a matter of fact, before I have to say what I have to say, I'll continue to read. Okay, so authorities say that they believe Riviera drowned in the lake uh, Piru while boating with her four-year-old son on Wednesday. Now, authorities here express their condolences to the family and fans. And I just want to say something. You know what? I, I, I feel for that little four-year-old kid. And my heart goes out to the family. It does. But the... Honestly, the... Uh, let's see here. The, 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 the medical department, the, the medical examiners, they're actually calling it an accident. And I'm not saying it's an accident. I don't believe in it. I don't believe it was an accident. Hell, I certainly don't believe that was foul play. Shorty cured herself, y'all. She cured herself. No, I don't have any rock hard evidence. No, I don't know her. Anything of that nature. But the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying, so 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 just 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 lit now just off of the video alone, just off of what I saw. Okay, uh, just her and her son going boating. Okay, how many women? How many people? Period. Well, well, I take that back. I won't say people, but yeah, I will. How many people? Period. That you know, will go out on a boat with nobody but just them and their child. Now, just off of the reports that I read, there was nothing that said that the family members were notified. This was she was doing. There was nothing said that the child's father was notified that this was she was doing. Now, not to say that she has to notify anybody. She's a grown ass woman. That's her child. If she wanted to take her child to Timbuktu without anybody knowing, without anybody being with her, she has that right to do that. But what I'm saying is that. How many people do things of this nature without either someone being with them or someone knowing where they are? Okay. Now, days before, there were pictures and, you know, up on uh, <clears throat> social media, her her kid, her four-year-old son, uh, things that she was saying like... Uh, I can't, well, she didn't say I can't live without him, but she was basically saying it's just me and him, things of that nature, you know what I'm saying, and what I want people to understand before they even go there about the whole picture situation, about the whole picture situation is that a picture can speak a thousand words, and of all thousand words of those pictures, even when you see that person smiling, showing all 32, you can say they're happy in that picture, but you can't say they were happy prior to that picture or any time before that picture. It's a picture. It captures a time and moment. So when you guys are going to the social media accounts and you are seeing her with the uh, with her four-year-old son, and she's talking like he's the love of her life and all of those kind of things. Remember, these are pictures. These are pictures. 
you know. And I'm not trying to call her a bad person or anything. Well, I'll tell you this much. If it comes out that she killed herself, then I'll call her a bad person because you left a four-year-old kid. Fuck leaving a mom or dad, sister, brothers, or anything like that, aunts, uncles, uncles, cousins, anything like that. You left a four-year-old kid to fend for himself. And one of the other reasons, like, and I don't believe in like ghosts and paranormal activity too much. But this is the, if I'm correct, third person from Glee, from that show Glee, to wind up dead. Even though the divers, the police department, the examiner from the medical department or whatever haven't released the name, everybody who has been keeping up with this story knows exactly who this is. And even though they haven't said it yet, I will. It's Naya Riviera. And she was an actress. One of her biggest roles, if not her first role, I don't know, I'm not sure, was from the TV show that came on Fox called Glee. G-L-E-E. And uh, it's a sad situation, man. No matter, no matter how it happened, it's a sad situation. It's a sad situation. And I just want people to understand that I was talking about black men and black women uh, on a previous podcast about how we shy away or fear that it's taboo to ask for help in the sense of the mental stages of our lives. You know what I'm saying? And I just want people to understand that I'm not poo-pooing on, you know, so I'm not trying to call her a bad person or make it seem like she was some weak human being or something like that. I'm just giving you guys this my point of view on what I think happened. I don't think it was homicidal. I don't think there was no foul play in it whatsoever. I don't think it was an accident. I think she committed suicide. And if I'm right, and I hope like hell I'm not, Lord knows I hope like hell I'm not. But if I'm right, America, black America, black America, we got to start waking up and understanding that it's okay to speak with someone professionally or just someone who's not intertwined with what you're going on, with what's going on with you. It's okay to open up about what you're going through as long as you're going as long as you're opening up to someone that you feel comfortable enough to where they're not going to throw it in your face or they're you know if you're opening up to, to a family member you know make sure it's a family member that you can count on and understand that they're not going to run back and tell this other family member and that other family member you see what i'm saying make sure that it's a situation of that kind man but as black people we need to start understanding that it's okay to seek help for psychological problems if this the case with Naya Ribeiro so check it out man BuzzFeed BuzzFeed News 
Now, check this story out right here, man. A cop allegedly shot and killed a fellow officer after threatening to shoot protesters. Not sure if I want to call this guy a good cop or a bad cop or whatever the case may be, man. But an Arkansas police officer allegedly told a colleague that he would shoot uh, any protesters who came to his door. Was charged with manslaughter in the fatal shooting of a fellow officer who knocked on his door in June. Now, when the police uh, brutality protests in Minneapolis began earlier this year, the accused officer Calvin Nick, what they call him, Salyers, told a colleague that he would shoot through the door at any protesters who came to his residence, according to court documents. Now, shooting victim and police officer Scott Hutton and fellow officer uh, suspect Calvin, I can't think, of, I can't, I can't remember his last name. Oh yeah, Calvin uh, Salyers, aka Nick Salyers, is what they called him. So man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be real with you guys. Like, I really don't understand this situation right here. I'm not sure if, like, I'm not like. Okay. Like, this is just some crazy shit, right? Here. I'm just gonna be 100 with you. This is just crazy shit. Uh, I'm not understanding why this took place. He, well, he said, according to him, if any, he was gonna shoot. You know what I mean? Anybody who who who, who came to his door, or whatever, and 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 so happenedly, I guess a colleague came to his door during the time that the protest had took place and that's why he uh decided to shoot or whatever the case may be and this right this 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 right here is going to basically go into the next story the next couple stories that i have when it comes to this type of shit right here man and 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 uh you know, I just don't really understand that right there. Why he felt the need to shoot anybody that rung his doorbell or knocked at his door at that particular time. That a riot or a protest was taking place at that time, man. But a lot of cops are trigger happy. And now, I guess off of this one right here, it just goes to show that some of these cops don't even care if you are a cop. <laughs> some of them doesn't even care if you are a cop. They, they, they these people are scared, they fucked up in the head, you know, the crazy part about becoming a cop is that they will accept everybody except the person with a criminal background, let me say that again because a truck was coming past, the police department in most cases will accept everybody except a person with a criminal background, there is a very big number i don't know it but at some point in time i will tell you guys there's a big number when it comes to uh cops beating their wives cops cheating on their wives cops being dirty cops uh abusing their kids you know i mean those numbers i'm not sure if you guys have ever gotten into it but those numbers are very tricky and, and, and I would have, I would have asked you, you know what I'm saying, any chance you get to Google certain things, to go ahead and Google it, and I guarantee you the numbers would be astounding. 
So, man, coming up on the sixth sense, man, I'm going to talk about a convicted killer. Convicted killers who escaped it from a jail in Richmond. I'm also going to talk about symbolic gestures and LeBron James' stance on wearing symbolic gestures on the back of jerseys. All that and much more. You're listening to your boy Blacker, and this is The Sixth Sense. So check this out, man. And this uh, had, this was breaking news, I want to say, a couple hours ago, man. Convicted killers among escapees on the loose in Virginia. Now, now Richmond, Virginia State Police are searching for two Bonaire Juvenile Correctional Center inmates who choked a security guard and escaped through a hole in defense earlier Monday, according to the Virginia Department of Juvenile Justice officials. Now, the two guys named, uh, before I even go there, People escaping jails, prisons, all that kind of shit is starting to become on the regular now, man. If you remember a few years ago, it was the the most notable case a few years ago was that case that happened in New York. Uh, Not not any of the five barrows, but uh, the two guys that uh, had the help from a, a staff worker, female staff worker, in the work department, workshop department, or whatever the case may be, she helped one of the inmates, or either both of them, to be exact. But uh, it's just crazy how that kind of shit happens, man. But nevertheless, the t- and, and I always thought when you were in a juvenile facility, it was because you were under the age of 18. I didn't know, apparently in the state of Virginia, that you can be 18 and older and, and wind up in a juvenile facility. Okay, so Jabbar A. Taylor, 20, of Spotsylvania, convicted of two counts of, uh, what do they call it, uh, second-degree murder and aggravated malicious assault. Okay, and then you have Rashad E. Williams, who's 18, of Washington, D.C., convicted of malicious wounding and robbery. Now, there were or- they were ordered... Uh, Incarcerated at Bonaire Juvenile until they was until their twenty first birthday. Now I'm saying to myself, man, like these are grown men. Like, how is it on one hand you can convict a juvenile that's under the age of eighteen to a crime that most adults would commit and sentence him on a level of an adult? But now I'm talking about two two people, one on malicious wounding and robbery and the other one on a second degree murder charge and these guys are held in a juvenile facility like to me and I'm quite sure to many other Americans and probably people abroad a juvenile to my degree to my education to my understanding to the country that I live in good old US of A was anyone under the age of 18 So I have to do some research because I'm not understanding why someone who is over the age of someone's, not just someone, but someone's who are over the age of 18 in a juvenile facility when they have charges such as malicious wounding and robbery and second degree murder. Doesn't make sense to me. So apparently they use a cord of... uh, undermine origin to choke the security staff 
to choke a security staff member who briefly lost conscious. And then they took the staff member's keys, which were used to, uh, to uh, get out of the unit and then escape through a hole that had been in the facility's perimeter. Security fences. You know what I'm saying? And the officials also said that uh, they then boarded <coughs> they then boarded to a have been waiting a vehicle and left in a vehicle. They had boarded and left in a vehicle that appears to have been waiting for them. So there's a third accomplice or one accomplice outside of the penitentiary. God knows how many more accomplices it was because right now, as they're saying, there's only two people. But I'm quite sure, either knowing or not knowing, that there were others involved when these guys were getting whatever materials that they needed to escape this, uh, to make this heist. I'm sorry, to make this escape. So now they're saying that, you know, there was somebody waiting there for them. You know, this sounds so much alike the situation that took place in New York. It sounds so much like that. And the, the person that was waiting for them was the staff member from inside the prison. I'm talking about the situation that happened in New York a few years ago. And she, she apparently she got cold feet or whatever, so she was like, fuck it. And she left them, and that's how they ended up on the run. But these two particular people right here, they had a soldier because this person waited till they were able to get up out that motherfucker. And then they proceeded to, to uh, escape from that point on. So I don't know exactly, you know, you know, they were, they were, you know, like I said, uh, they also said that they uh, that uh, it was un- unclear whether the residents cut the hole in the fence or whether the hole had already been pre-cut. Now, if they're doing like work outside the jail and you're allowing inmates to do work outside the jail, then it's a possibility that the uh, inmates themselves made that cut. But if you're on the outside and, and you know what, you guys, you know, I would love to go into a story about myself when I was locked up and how I was able to get things from the outside, inside. But I'm not going to go there because I don't know who listened to my podcast and I don't want to incriminate myself. But do believe that it is super fucking easy. It is super easy to get anything in the penitentiary. It's super easy to get anything in the fucking jail. I don't give a fuck if the words max security follows whatever name the penitentiary is i don't care i don't care my brother right now is doing 20 years in a federal penitentiary and this nigga hit me up whenever he wants to on whatever i'm not gonna tell you on how he do it but i just let you know he hits me up whenever he wants to so don't sit here and tell me you know what i mean that you can't escape a jail or a penitentiary. It's possible. You just gotta be willing to put in the work, yo. And that's some real shit. So, I wanna talk about uh, symbolic gestures and, you know, what's going on in the country right now, man. So, if, if you guys have been paying attention, to, paying attention and noticing that statues have been falling like the stock market, 
when the uh, coronavirus pandemic first jumped off. You know what I'm saying? Um, statues have been falling like 2008 when the housing market and the economy crashed and all that shit. Yo. That's how bad it's been falling. All right. But what I must get my people to understand is that the whole taking down of the statues and changing the Auntie Mama and the Uncle Ben's and even to the Washington Redskins name who are natives who feel like that name is flammatory and you have black people who have been pushing to my degree to my knowledge for the natives not saying that the natives haven't I'm just saying you've also had black people and white people as well let me not let me not you know sound fucked up and white people as well who have been pushing for the names Redskins to be done away with in NFL sports. And here's what I want to let every Washington, D.C. fan that roots for their team. Because I've been hearing a lot of inconsistencies and it has a lot to do with Redskins fans being attacked by Cowboy fans. And I just want to let y'all understand this. It has nothing to do with Dallas Cowboys or anything else. Native Americans that the white man named Indians, not the Native American themselves, just like everybody else, the white man gave everybody a name, just like he gave himself. The Native Americans was perfectly fine with being called Native, if that's what they were called back then. Whatever they were called back then, they were perfectly fine. It was the white man who came up with the terminology Indian, just like he came up with the terminology Black, Nigger, Coon, etc. Jew, etc. Okay? Alright. So, they felt to some degree that that name was uh, inflammatory and a sign of racism and things of that nature. Now, Daniel Snyder, the owners of the Washington, D.C. franchise that plays in the NFL, uh, uh, adamantly, he adamantly Back in 2014 and 2015, if I'm correct, in bold letters on social media said that he would never change the name. Now, that was six years ago. Do you guys think that Daniel Snyder just up and did that because he had a change of heart? Or do you think that because of what's going on right now and the average billionaire millionaire any person that makes money I don't give a fuck what color you put beside it his bottom line was about to be affected FedEx had already told him hey change your name or we done okay Pepsi had already told him hey change your name or we done okay and several other Fortune 500 companies that these Big multi-millionaire or multi-billionaire owners that own these sport franchises that black men and women, WNBA, soccer, amongst a whole bunch of other things, that black men and women play at, at a dominant level are owned by white men. Okay. So 
getting back to the symbolic gestures. For those who don't know what a symbolic gesture is, it's a putting up of a Martin Luther King statue. Or putting up an Arthur Ashe statue. Or even to the point of putting up a, dare I say, even to the point of putting up a Michael Jordan statue in Chicago in front of the United Center. Dare I go there? Dare I go there? Dare I go there for even the Magic Johnson statue that's in LA? But I'm gonna let y'all people know something. Symbolic statues ain't just about what black people did to help this country. Symbolic statues or symbolic gestures, if I may say. That's why y'all see a whole bunch of Robert E. Lee statues in the South. That's why y'all see a whole bunch of Stonewall Jacksons and all of them other Confederate motherfuckers in the South. Here's my question to white people who say, who says that those statues are bigger than slavery or doesn't mean slavery. This is my question to the white people. Once again, I will reiterate so that no one takes my words in in, in confusion what I'm trying to get y'all to understand is that these symbolic gestures mean different things to black people and white people white people if these generals that you have in the south meant anything other than racism then why the fuck don't you have generals from the north The general that came down to Texas to let no motherfuckers know, two years after the uh, Emancipation Proclamation was signed, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect, this is why I love technology to this day now, because everybody would have got that message at the same time. But unfortunately for my people, there was no Facebook, no Google, no fucking Twitter or anything of that nature. Okay? But... How come they don't have a statue of him? All right. White people from the South that's into that Confederate flag, the rebel, whatever you want to call that shit, into the generals that fought in the Civil War, whatever, whatever. My question to you is this. Why? Why? Why have... Why just have the southern generals? Why not the northern generals as well? Why not? You know why? Because to put the northern generals to build statues of northern generals, it would be admitting that the war was about keeping slavery intact for y'all. And that's real fucking talk. I don't care who don't like it. If you don't like it, you know how to hit me up. And for those who don't, you can hit me up on Facebook. You can hit me up on uh, 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 Twitter. You can hit me up on Anchor. You can hit me up on uh, Instagram. I'm all over. I'm all over. And starting, starting two weeks from now, you'll be able to call in and voice your opinion and listen to the eight different countries that listen to me. Listen to the 20 plus different states that listen to me. And you can listen on seven plus different p- platforms. 
that likes having my show there. This is real shit, yo. Real talk. To my black people. Mm-hmm. To my black people. I ain't forgot about y'all. I ain't forgot about y'all. All the 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 the, the uh the media, the white media, the mainstream media, they want you guys to believe that black on black crime, black on black crime is more important than what the cops are doing. If y'all take notice, every time y'all speak about what the cops are doing, the first thing they want to speak about is black on black crime. Okay, now I'm not going to poo-poo on what happened over the Fourth of July weekend. You had a lot of killings, predominantly by black people, amongst black people. You did. Little kids getting shot and some more shit. And I don't poo-poo on that shit. I don't poo-poo on that shit. But here's what I want black people to know. Here's what I want people to know. The numbers that you guys see in mainstream media when it comes to black-on-black crime. It's not at the capacity. It is not at the rate. It is not at the forefront that these people want y'all to believe. All right. Now, when I thought about that shit, I said, you know what, Black? Fuck, do, fuck doing research. Fuck doing stats. Fuck looking for anything to solidify what you just said. Here's what I'm going to use. To solidify what the fuck I just said. Here's why I tell you, my people, or people in general, stop listening to mainstream media. Stop looking at the numbers. It's all phony. That's the one thing I can agree with Trump. The numbers are phony. The stories are phony to some degree. Some truth in everything. A lot of this shit is phony. Okay? Listen to me, black people. Listen to me, people. All right? This is probably the only podcast I'm going to say this shit on. If black people were killing black people at an alarming rate, then why the fuck do white people care so much about gun laws? Think about it. If you are killing yourself at the rate that I want you to believe, then why the fuck would I care about gun laws if I'm white? Why the fuck would I feel threatened when I pull up at a stop sign and somebody black pull up beside me and they banging their music and they cars sitting on excessive size wheels and I feel the need as a white person to lock my door? Why would I feel threatened if I'm jogging through Central Park and there's a black man bird watching and I feel threatened to call the police on him and not only call the police on him but let him know that the fact that I'm going to say that you are African American means that they are going to get here 10 times faster with guns drawn. Okay? Why would I feel the need if I'm a black man and I felt like a black man that was jogging through my neighborhood was a, a, a robbery? If black on black crime was at the capacity and at the rate that the media, the white media, wanted you guys to believe I get it do we need to stop killing each other yeah we do we do does it look fucked up it does 
But what I want to educate everybody on is that we're all human beings. And since the beginning of time, human beings have been killing human beings. Whether that human being is a different color than they are, whether that human being believes in a different religion than they do, whether that human being believes in a different uh, sexuality, or whatever the fucking case may be, whatever the case may be, human beings have been killing human beings from the beginning of time. Now, for those who always like to run to the Bible and quote the Bible and all of those things of that nature, wasn't Cable, wasn't Cable and Abel and Cain, were they not brothers? Were they not brothers? Were they not brothers? In biblical times. In biblical times. Before guns, bombs, any of that shit. Forward way of thinking, any of that shit. Biblical. Before Christ. Before Christ. So if people been killing, if, if a brother could kill a brother. Thousands. Hundreds of thousands of years ago. Don't you think a white person can kill a white person? An Asian can kill an Asian. An Indian can kill an Indian. A black American can kill a black American. Once again, I am not poo-pooing on this shit. I am not some nigga who think that black-on-black crime doesn't deserve attention. It deserves attention. It gets attention. The reason why, a lot, to be honest with you, a lot of these organizations that have formed were pretty much in the birth of black on black crime. And it began to become something else because we started to see in the internet era. You see what I'm saying? Before the internet era, all of the groups, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, uh, Mothers Against Killings, uh, whatever groups that were out there against what black people was doing against black people, they was out there strong and they were out there vibrant and they was out there on the regular. Okay? It didn't... What happened was that Cam's cell phones with recording devices came into play. You see? I don't have to watch the news to see what happened. I have a device in my hand that can show y'all what's happening. And because of that, the cop killings have gotten highlighted. Cops have been killing black people ever since they went from being slave catchers to police. In the 50s and 40s and 60s and all that shit, your average cop had ties with the KKK if he wasn't one himself. Your average judge, your average prosecuting attorney, your average whatever that would put a black man in a position to be locked up on some shit that he didn't do. The average motherfucker that sat in that courtroom had either ties to the KKK or was part of the KKK. Okay. All right. So that's my, my, you know, my symbolic gestures. I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is, you know what? I get it, but that's not what we're striving for. We're striving for laws to be changed in Congress. My boy LeBron James. A bunch of people probably said right now, whoa, hold up, hold up. Black, I've been following you. What do you mean your boy LeBron James? Once again, I reiterate. Do I like LeBron, the basketball player? Nope. 
Would I buy myself or my son a pair of LeBron James shoes? Nope. And that's all because I think of Michael Jordan. Any basketball shoe outside of Michael Jordan is a fake shoe to me. It ain't got nothing to do with LeBron, but just basketball players, period. But the one thing that I have always, always told people is that LeBron, the philanthropist, LeBron, the father, LeBron, the husband, LeBron, the son, LeBron, the activist, I fuck with that nigga 100%. I fucks with him 100%. My bad on the N-word, LeBron, but I had a little bit to drink in me. But I fucks with him 100%. And for him to say, you know what, wearing, you know, gestures in the sense of Black Lives Matter, I can't breathe, uh, I am not an athlete, all of these type of things, symbolic gestures, what I was just talking about a second ago. The NBA stars are going to be wearing that on their jerseys when the season uh, resumes on July the 30th. Now, I'm perfectly 100% fine with that. You know, one thing I will say about the NBA, they evolve, they listen to their players, and they evolve. Now, this is a symbolic gesture, and I'm going to need them to do more, and I have my faith in Adam Silver and those who work around him. One thing, here, here's, the re, here's one of the main reason why it case those who do know and those who haven't, those who don't know. One of the main reasons why I fuck with Adam Silver is because he's a gay man. No, I'm not gay. I'm just saying one of the main reasons why I fucks with him is because he's a gay man. And because of that, he understands having to challenge civil rights. E- because even as a gay man or a woman, you have the right to love whoever the fuck you want to love. If you feel in your heart that you can adopt kids and give them a better life than what they had in the system or perhaps their own parents, it shouldn't matter if it's two women adopting that child or two men adopting that child. Okay? So, that's one of the main reasons why I fuck with Adam Silver because he understands... I'm not going to say he understands more than black people do, but he understands coming from being a gay man, which he have came on TV and said himself, if if my information is wrong, y'all know how to hit me. You know how to hit me. But Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, he gets it to some degree. And a lot of people have been uh, busting the NBA chops in the sense of, okay, you know what I'm saying? You guys are going to change the jersey. You know, you you can, if you want to, have these symbolic gestures on the back of your jersey or the front of your jersey or whatever. But what are you going to do in the sense of helping legislation or laws get passed? Okay, I can... I I will go... I'm going to let y'all know right now. If I was a betting man, which I am, I love to bet, I love to gamble. Win some, lose some. It is what it is. I'm willing to bet that Adam Silver, at some point in time, is going to do something that's going to help change laws. Why? Because it just doesn't benefit black people, but it also benefits people in the sense of being gay, transgender, LGBTQ, 
whatever other alphabet comes behind it. And because of that, that's why, you know what I'm saying, he's going to push forward. So right now, you know, no laws have been passed or anything like that. But I do have my faith in in, uh, Adam Silver. And I also have my faith, I'm sorry, my, my, my faith in a host of other people who are going to make sure that certain bills get passed. I have my faith in Steven Jackson, the ex-NBA player. Uh, I also have my faith in uh, guys like LeBron James and, 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 and uh, Kyrie Irving and, 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 and Dwight Howard and amongst of others. I also have my faith in uh, guys from the NFL. Uh, I would love to see nothing more than Colin Kaepernick get a chance again. Uh, the NFL actually deserves to give this guy an apology. They do. And it deserves to be public. It deserves to be on national TV, if you ask me, at a live conference. And that's real talk. But symbolic gestures, uh, I'm perfectly fine with things coming down and things coming off and the names being changed and things of that nature. But what we must understand, people, that racism, it can be a statue honestly it can be a black woman on a syrup bottle it can be an older black gentleman on a bag of rice a box of rice it can be any of that it can be any of that but what people must understand is that unless you take these issues to congress unless these issues go to congress and bills like like the the uh, lynching, lynching is still legal in America. Now, there's only two kinds of people that ever been lynched: black people and those who fuck with black people. Okay, so why is this bill still intact? Racial thinking. Racial thinking. I'm gonna tell y'all something that most of my people, if not all my people know already racism is something that you're taught it's not something that you're born with it's not something that you you can be born gay you can be born white you can be born black you can be born any other nationality you can be born uh with uh uh challenging abilities you can be you can be born disabled you can be born in any matter But when it comes to racism, you can't be born racist. It's impossible. People pick up genes and DNA from their family members all the time. They pick up murder. They, uh, 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 homosexuality can run in your genes. Uh, all types of shit can run in your genes. But what you think about a particular a particular race can't run in your genes, yo. That shit is taught to you. That's some real shit. On that note, man, I want to thank y'all, man, for listening to your boy B L A W K A. As always, continue to wash your hands. Continue to practice uh, six feet distancing. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to stay woke. And I'm out. Peace.
K L O O C C K K W I